Voice of the Week podcast on Australia's Voice of Turkey. It is today the 9th of March, exactly 1501 actually. <laughs> Sorry, um, how are you, Bishta? I'm great. <laughs> I, I just what? got disorientated for a second there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think my brain was thinking of something to say and my mouth is going something else. Do you know that happens sometimes? I know. So this is, wow, this is the first day of March that we're actually in the studio and it's so exciting because we've moved into autumn. That's right. My, one of my favourite times of the year. Is it? Yeah. What's it your favourite? Spring and then autumn. Same. I like this time. Yeah, like, you like the middle season? Absolutely. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's good. Um, so guys, today we have a great program um, outlined and it's, it's a little different to what we, well, our guest is quite different to all of the colourful guests that we have in the past, we've had in the past. Um, but we have a fellow podcaster. Yay! Is that, is that a word? Can I, I don't use know. That on air? That's all right. It's a new word. <laughs> we've added it in. Yeah. So um, Zena is. Uh, she's got her own podcast called Zed Talks. Mm-hmm. I like the name. Yeah, it's quite catchy. Hey, yeah, it reminds is. me of TED Talks. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to many of those. Yeah. So um, Zena's uh, Zena's going to come on air with us, and we are going to tribute uh, this episode to the International Women's Day, which was celebrated yesterday on the eighth of March, twenty twenty one. Yes. So how do you feel about that? Do you celebrate? Um, you know, look, I, I, I did put a post on my Instagram saying Happy International you know, Women's Day. Um, but I think International Women's Day is one of those days, again, that I think, you know, we shouldn't celebrate it one day. We should celebrate it every day. Mm. And that's one of those, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day, those type of days. Yep. But I can understand the background to where it begun. And it's begun from trying to get women to have the same rights as men in regards to pay, pay, you know, paid work, um, working conditions, all those types of things. So if we're going to look at it in that perspective, I think yes. I was actually watching a program yesterday, Bishra, and they were talking about um, that in the early 80s and probably even the 90s, there was a big push forward with women's rights and they got a lot of stuff on the that was on the agenda actually worked through. But we've been quite stagnant and we haven't really done much for women in the last maybe 15 years or so. So they were talking about, you know, what we can do. And... Um, Looking at that, I actually looked into the actual theme of what Women's Day, International Women's Day this year was, and it was Challenge for Change. And I sat there and thought, wow, I actually want to ask yourself and our guest when she comes on, you know, what would be your challenge for change? And the challenge for change, actually, if you look at it in, in its entirety, actually says, you know, change comes from challenge therefore the message of the organizers of this year's um, international women's day was basically a challenged world is an alert world so what is it that you know you would want changed so that we can you know that people can challenge and i think for me it'd be um equality sure i think that's been quite prevalent in the last 12 months that i've seen that there's been a lot of inequality um, looking at Black Lives Matter. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You know. It covers such a wide scope of uh, things that have been happening. Gender bias, sure. religious um, um, religious discrimination, mm-hmm. um, just all sorts of things. And for me, that would be a child. That, that for me would be, you know, 
how would you look at it then that's my choose to challenge would be equality what would you say Bishra? you took you took mine you because took yours, yeah. equality actually covers so much it, does. it encompasses a Absolutely. range of different avenues and yeah. spheres doesn't it yes in the workplace women um those who are unable mm. or those who are, may feel voiceless mm-hmm. yes yet have a voice so um that's right. See, that have a voice but are yet to use it or afraid to use it or are yeah. not encouraged to use it. And they're probably some of the important things that we need to teach our young youth and That's females. Right. And I think that also comes from the fact of knowing where you come from and owning your background and then using your background to um, to align with the culture and where you live in. And that's something that um, Zena says she talks on on her podcast. And that's what I want to talk to her about too. So it all sort of interlines together very well. Um, But do you celebrate it? You ask me, I'll ask you. Uh, I appreciate. I appreciate the um, sentiment. The sentiment that International Women's Day brings. Mm-hmm. Um, I got you know a bunch of flowers yesterday, which is great. So that was oh, the wow. first time that I was you know actively involved in the celebration of. <laughs> I've never gotten flowers for International Women's Day. Anyone out there? <laughs> um, but it's a nice thought. It is a nice thought. It, I suppose they don't have International Men's it. Day, yeah. but it's great. Um, that's nice. Wow. So, but yeah. do you do anything at school? Like, do you have any school no, functions or anything like that? We don't. I think that's something that we really should be doing. Yeah, we should something. be embodying and um, and really, you know, teaching that uh, the value that it brings um, to women and men. I mean, I'm really. not one of those feminist types to say that women can do anything that men do. I just think, you know. There are certain things that women. I mean, women can do whatever they like, but in my eyes, I think there are certain um, things that are just evenly based for gender i guess of mm. what you do so just appreciate what you have and be good at what you have and i at the end of the day i just think the best person for the job should get the get anything definitely. rather than gender definitely and i guess this raising awareness is the first step to change and yep. the fact that we do have international women's day is that step mm. that we are hopefully taking to move forward and to create that equality. Mm. If I asked you, just quickly before we get our guests on, if I was to ask you a quick question about, you know, some of the influential women around in history um, that would have, I suppose, put something on their mark, do you have any anybody that comes to mind at all? Like, I don't know why the first person, strangely, that does come to mind mm-hmm. is J.K. Rowling. Yeah. She's been through so much and she was able to persevere and... You know, on on the on the topic of uh, equality, mm-hmm. the reason why she she published her book under the name J.K. Rowling was because to avoid the gender discrimination wow. and the bias. Mm. And look at where she's come. And for those that don't know who J.K. Rowling is, and obviously she's an author, what type of what's her <laughs> trilogy of books or her series of books? Harry Potter. Series. That's right, yeah. Harry Potter. Look, you know, I was going through the list, and um, twelve famous women came up quickly. Jane Austen, um, obviously from the seventeen seventy-five. I love how you've chosen authors. Well, that yeah, um, Anne Frank is another author, I guess, but. Um, you know, Rosa Parks, we've discussed her before on the show. Um, someone's on this list is Queen Elizabeth I, and I guess that's for the fact that she was the, her mum was Anne Boleyn and her father had her, obviously. Um, and there's a whole lot of other lists, but I think I just want to have kudos to out there to any woman, past or present, or ones in the future, that have something to give. And I think even mothers should have celebrate International Women's Day because they do a job that... Most of the time, sort of goes under the radar, doesn't get appreciated because there's no monetary. 
Thank you, Mishta. I haven't done that in a while. No. Yeah. But don't you think so? Sure. Don't you think mothers? I mean, we, we all do a job and we don't get paid for it. Um, mm. and as, I suppose when you do a good job, you have a monetary... Um, like an award attached to it, and that's the money, the pay. With mothers, you don't. Um, so I think um, that's where it comes from too. But look, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, um, keep striving. That's keep right. Keep challenging yourself. Keep going. And, and surround yourself with people who are good role models. And I think right. Zena is one of those. That yes. She's got a lot of things up her sleeve. And, yes, she does. Um, yeah, so again, congratulations to everybody. Hope you all had a very good um, International Women's Day. That's another year down pat. And do um, really go out there and really think about what you would choose to challenge. I think it's really important. Think about it amongst yourself and your peers and see what you can come up with and try to persevere and make sure that you can actually do that challenge this year. I think that'll be a good thing. I think so too. Thank mm. you for shedding light on that. I love um, the research and the, the time that has gone into it. That's all right. So um, without further ado, let's introduce our guests. So we have have um, Zena from Z, um, Z Talks. Zena, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> so, um, Zena is um, oh, a fellow Melbourneian. <laughs> Melbourneian. Yes, There's yeah. quite a few of those we've had on the show, isn't it? Before we get into it, Zena, how's it been? With COVID and all of, all of um, that that oh. has happened over the past year. Okay, so we copped it, like yes, we really copped, copped it. it in Melbourne. We really <laughs> did. Um, it was pretty awful, but I feel like summer kind of helped us right. just regain a sense of normality, which was lovely. But you still see a lot of, um, you just sense a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. People aren't the same. Children aren't the same. Um Fear, yeah, sorry, Zena, fear honest. as in that it's going to come back or you're going to have to go back to lockdown yeah, or the like, fear of the unknown. We just, have, we just have trust issues now. We're just like, are you going to lock us up again or what's going to happen? How long this time? Do you think like that, had a lockdown? Do you I think, think that lockdown was ago? a good thing or not? Um, I mean, look, I, I in hindsight, think... I mean, obviously it was, it was supposed to have like, – uh, do you see that – it is a hard question, isn't it? Because you guys were in for such a long question. time, isn't it? Because, look, I just think I have a hard time – just digesting the fact that we didn't classify mental health as essential. Mm -hmm. I just really struggle with that because there were a lot of very unfortunate and tragic, um, you know, things that happened and they were, in my opinion, they were avoidable. But, you know, I I think everyone, I think the government, schools, everyone, everyone was just trying to kind of give, Keep their head above water, you know. I think it was a wake-up call, don't you think? Sorry, what was that? I think it was a wake-up call. And there's a lot of people out there that are quite vulnerable. And I think, as you said, mental health, I mean, we've discussed it a couple of times on the show, but we'll delve into that a bit more today. But mental health is a massive issue nowadays that we don't seem to talk much about. And you said, obviously, that was at the forefront of um, your thinking. Definitely. Yeah, so actually... um, Mental health, I think people are becoming a bit more educated with regards to mental health and people feel social media has helped Mm -hmm. people come out a little bit more and feel more comfortable with sharing vulnerability. Do you think that um, those um, certain people or people that are of significance and of... um, They've got some power against oomph that actually speak about it, like your Prince Harry's and those types of people that are quite 
affluent that actually speak about mental health, that also adds an extra sure. bit of assistance to that. Yeah. Um, because I think we're still, as Zena said, we've got a long way to go. Um, I don't think um, mental yeah. health was a big issue. And as we've discussed before, you know, diff- our, our communities, it's quite stigmatised. We don't talk about those things, yeah. especially if you're a bloke. You don't talk about it at all. So, you know, we'll talk to you more about um, those things and what you've, um, I suppose, seen in your field of being Definitely. what, Bishra? So let's get Zena to actually, because she's yeah. got so many hats. Yeah, that's... Um, yes. I'm going I'm to let Zena actually introduce herself. Um, normally, no, don't no, do that to me. <laughs> no, we are. So who oh, are you? No. Yeah, who's Zena? For those listeners who don't know Zena, um, how would you briefly um, describe yourself? Oh, this is literally the worst question. <laughs> okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try, okay? I'm going to try. When someone asks you this question, you're like, who am I? I just yeah. don't know. Who am I? <laughs> So, okay, so I'm a mum. I've got three kids. We're homeschooling this year, which is really exciting slash scary. Was that catalyzed um, by COVID? A hundred percent, yes. All right. I'm <laughs> that was my question. Yeah, going gonna... back to the trust issues that we have developed, yes. Right. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I um, I was telling... Um, I was telling Bushra before, I graduated from arts many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I majored in English and philosophy. Wow. Um, and then I worked as an interpreter for three years. That was really interesting. That's what I, I want really to do enjoyed next. It. Mm. It's really, really, really rewarding. Good. It's really rewarding, especially if you get, um, you know, to work with like refugees and yeah. it's just really nice changing faces too. You're not in an office. Beautiful. Um, it's a really nice job. I really enjoyed it, but I, I always wanted to become a psychologist. Mm. I really, I was always interested in it, but I never had the confidence. Um, I just didn't think that I could actually do it. And then I think as I have matured, I have gained a little bit more confidence in myself. And I'm finally back and, you know, what enjoying part of that it, now. What part of it seemed daunting to you? I think because I, I had always stuck to humanities. I'd never gone down the route of, Out of your you know, anything zone. exactly in the science um, faculty. So it really intimidated me. And, you know, like statistics still scare me, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, you just, you do the unit and you move on with your life and it's okay, you get through it. Yeah. So you're doing a graduate diploma in psychology now, right? Yes, yes. Okay, and have you just started that or are you halfway or nearly finished? So the, the structure is really good. So it's 10 units. I'm on my fourth unit. It's six weeks on, two weeks off. Well, you said 10 years. I thought you were to say 10 years. I was going to go, whoa. No, no, God, no. <laughs> Gosh, that's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. But you're doing time. it part-time, yeah? I am doing it part-time okay. yeah. and it's online too, which is fantastic, you know, with the kids and everything. And um, how old are your yeah. kids, Anna? So we've got eight, yep. six, and a boy. Uh, he's two. Okay, so you're homeschooling your six and eight-year-old. Wow. Yes. Um and obviously, as Bishra said, it was a catalyst from obviously from COVID. How are you finding that? To be honest, I feel like at the start, I was a bit doubtful. You mm-hmm. know, with any big decision you make in life, you're always going to like kind of revisit and be like, did I, you know, did I stuff up? Am I, am I ruining these kids' lives? Am I, is this irreversible damage? Is this, you know, and once you kind of get the hang of things, you, you realize that you have your bad days and you have your good days, no matter what they're homeschooled they're going to school they're in uni in the future like you're gonna have good days and bad days Mm -hmm. and finding your feet and again i think it just comes back to having the confidence because i think one thing that i used to always think is but i'm not a teacher um but now i just 
realized, okay, I have so many resources and really the biggest asset I have is patience and knowing my child. You know, you know your child and their needs and their temperament and how much you can push them and that's just an advantage you have as a mum, you know. Inspiring. Right? I don't know if I could do it. I'm just listening to you going, yeah, no. I'm not a teacher either, but I don't think so. I'm having confidence issues now. I don't think I could do it. Look, tats off to those that... My sister thinks I'm crazy. I mean, you've got, it's got to be, I don't know, I just think it's, it's got to be within you. I don't, I don't think you're crazy. I think that's a great thing. I was going to ask, you know, do you need to have a background or do you need to have some sort of um, credentials or some sort of approval, I guess? You would have had to have had approval. You, you can't do, just yeah. decide to You need to have to an them. approval. Okay. No, no. So you have to, um, you send in your application and you give them a plan. And I did an activity-based plan, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more age-appropriate, I feel. Um, because they're so young and they really love to, you know, especially my younger one, she's, you know, she's grade one this year, but she's very fidgety and she doesn't like holding a pen for too long. And mm-hmm. um, I just didn't want to, um, you know, what's the word? Just scar her. I don't, I don't I want her to actually learn. And I felt like last year um, doing the remote learning, which is di- very different to homeschooling. Absolutely. Remote learning, it was such a horrible experience for us. And I'm being so honest, it mm-hmm. just did not work. Um, putting her in a uniform, sticking her in front of Zoom for six hours every day. Oh, did they have to wear a uniform? Her, oh, yeah, uniforms. Mm. And I just thought, what is that? She's just not going to be able to, to learn like this. So I just did my own thing in term three. And then when they went back in term four and they did all their assessments and everything, I thought, well, I can do this. Like, they, they were okay and... You know, why can't we do this for another year or two or, you know, God knows. But, you know, I know it's not forever, but do you I'm feel, enjoying it for now. Are you, uh, is there like a, pre- um, a, a time frame in which you wish to, like, school them at home? Or are you just thinking we're going to go with the flow, see how things pan out? And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, we've taken that leap of faith and we can go back yeah. and put them into regular schooling. I think that's more my style, just going with the flow. Mm, I think that's a, yeah. That's you want to tick off the what ifs. Yeah, you've got yeah. to be flexible. You have to be. Is your husband at all in any way, shape or form assisting with this homeschooling or is it? have you taken that complete role of the, you know, the so single he, only teacher? I, look, he doesn't have the patience for it. Don't tell him I said that. But. I just said I, I don't think I've got patience either. It's a yeah. hard, it's a hard gig. So Diablo was looking up in front of me and shaking her head going, yep, nah, nah, not for me. Nah. And look, you know what? It's not for everyone no. though. It, it, yeah, and it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. He's just got to help out with the extracurricular, you know, if they want to go to swimming, right. soccer, he's, he, that's his job and I'll do all the rest. Wow. Um, so how long, you started at the beginning of this year, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And how are you fitting your own studies in between the homeschooling then? How's that working? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a bit tricky, a little bit tricky. If you're not, you know, wise with your time, mm-hmm. I haven't uploaded, I've uploaded one podcast this year, so that says a lot. Wow. <laughs> right? There's <laughs> just not enough time for anything else, but uh-huh. obviously you go into it kind of expecting that, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's not uh, it's it's a sacrifice, but it's a you're happy to do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, while you just touched on the podcast, can we um, delve right into that? What inspired yeah. you to start Z Talks? Do you know what? It's actually a funny story. Um, I wanted to start a YouTube channel mm-hmm. before I started the podcast for like years, like for such a long time. I'm talking like three, four plus years. 
and I never had the confidence because I really wanted to make like sit down videos rather than you know hijab tutorials or makeup tutorials because yeah. I'm just so dodgy at that stuff. But They're overrated I, now. <laughs> you know, right? I, just, I have no idea but I just felt like I had something to offer but it wasn't that yeah. and I just felt like sit down videos were like my you know thing but I just didn't have the confidence to record my face. And then when my friend was like, why don't you start a podcast? I was like, what's that? And then I, you know, you start to explore it. And I just thought, why don't, this is, this is what I want to do. This is literally what I was trying to, you know. Do you get hooked? Well, I, I mean, yeah. I know it's been one episode, but really it's something that you look forward to planning. and Definitely. Look, right? last year, honestly, if it wasn't for the podcast last year, like COVID would have really um, messed things up. But I feel like because I had that, I had built like, it's not like I'm super popular or anything, but it's just having that little community around you. Right. Oh my God, it was so empowering. It was so nice to know that, you know, you receive messages from just random people um, who listen to your, you know, 20, 30 minutes of you ranting and go, I know how you feel. And you're like, (laughs) someone gets it, you know, and it's, it's such a beautiful thing because, you know, it's human connection. It's sure. what we all crave. Is it safe to say that that was your way of reaching out to the community and the public given what, you know, COVID had uh, yeah. caused? Yeah, totally unintentionally to be completely honest with you. Like mm. it wasn't 100, like, because I uploaded and then COVID hit like two weeks later. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, like, and I, I bet people found comfort in your words as well. Yeah, well, it's everything is a blessing in disguise. There's always good. There's good in everything, even Absolutely. if it seems horrible. There's always something good. That's that's perfect. I think that's the message that we want to always give um, yeah. our listeners as well. That you know, the the it depends on how you see things. That's um, right. Exactly. Perspective. Absolutely. Yes, so geez. powerful. And and <laughs> yes. it, it's up to you whether you want to see the good or the bad. Exactly. And, um, and thank you for raising that. So what, what are the topics that you explore on Z Talks? What's your um, area I of interest? Off, I, look, last year I was a bit of everything because, you know, when you're starting off, you're just kind of finding your feet. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we spoke a bit about friendship and then we, I think we moved on to mental health because that's when COVID hit and mm-hmm. it was very appropriate. Then we spoke about, um, we spoke about, marriage we spoke about um interracial marriages yes that came up yes that was all like part of (laughs) that'd be interesting yeah yeah um and then this year i thought i would just focus a little bit more on identity because i have a really soft spot for identity and what makes us who we um, are yeah yeah and just how it's always evolving Absolutely. I think we've yeah. all we've we've sort of touched on identity and where we fit in in society. Um, you know, having our own backgrounds and being in Australia a lot throughout the throughout the different programs. But you know what? I want to talk right into that. But before we do, can we break for a song, Bushna? Sure. It is five twenty-four, guys. You are listening to the ladies from the We Podcast. We are the voice of um, Turkey on Australian um, media channels. So um, we're going to break for a song and when we come back we're going to talk to you, uh, to Zena more about her Z Talks and her topic this year on focusing on identity um, and why um, she's decided to go through that path. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So guys, it's 5.24 and I will leave you with a song and we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
deli Zihnim ona yetmez yıllar geçmiş Çok uzak bir yerdesin Sesim oralara gitmez Sevesim geçmiş Unutmuşum fark etmeden Bitmiş yavaş yavaş Yolsuz kalmışım Yok bir daha olmaz Aynı çılgınlıkla Ben seni arayamam öyle Sebepsiz zamansız Soramam nasılsın Nasıl gidiyor İyi misin yalnız mısın Ben seni arayamam öyle Sebepsiz zamansız Soramam nasılsın Nasıl gidiyor İyi misin yalnız mısın Sesim oralara gitmez sevesim geçmiş Unutmuşum fark etmeden bitmiş yavaş yavaş yolsuz kalmışım Yok bir daha olmaz aynı çılgınlıkla Ben seni arayamam öyle sebepsiz zamansız Soramam nasılsın nasıl gidiyor iyi misin yalnız song Bushra. Did you? I do. So happy to hear that. Um, I like the song too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yes guys we are back in the studio um, and we are talking with Zed Talks um, from Zena from Zed Talks and Today we are going to talk about two topics. Um, one is going to be a little bit confronting. Um, <laughs> um, Actually, so, it, it shouldn't be confronting, but it is unfortunately, no, isn't it? Especially yeah. within our community. I and think that's that's why I want to talk about it because we need to normalize these types of conversations. Absolutely. And Zena is uh, all about. 
being transparent and you know putting um and and and being open with her listeners and i saw that well i heard that when i listened to her podcast mm. and i really really liked and was inspired by the birds and the bees um podcast mm. that you uploaded zena <laughs> yeah yeah i'm so glad yeah that's yeah. great so, so how did you feel talking about that topic and just raising, um, shedding light on that? So there's a reason why I don't do live podcasts because it gives me time to go back and edit anything silly that I may have said. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs> because I definitely had to choose my words very carefully and I was very, um, what's the word? Yeah, just very Cautious. careful with my words. But yeah. at the same time, it doesn't mean that we don't talk about it at all. I know it's sensitive because we just don't, we, we look at it like it's something inappropriate or it's something rude, but the reality is it's actually something very normal mm. and literally biological. Like it's unavoidable. Kids are going to start transitioning into becoming adults. And if they don't understand what's happening in their own body, they are going to... A, probably have a really horrible relationship with their bodies. Yeah. B, probably even be taken advantage of because they just don't know what's going on. They're probably just naive about everything and how it works. And do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and then C, they'll carry some shame, you know, like um, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, growing up, I went to an Islamic school my entire life, right? And when you start your cycle, you we don't pray. Um, in our faith, you don't go to the to the mosque. Mm -hmm. So you go. There was like a special area that you sat in, and I really hated the fact that they called it a period room. I just oh. really think it's such a horrible, horrible name yep. to give <laughs> a room, right? Like yeah. it's such a horrible name. And I remember just thinking, this is just such a gross word to like. I don't want to go in that room because it's called that. Like it's just not a nice thing, right? Yeah. Um, but just labeling that, like that's just a little example of how we, like growing up, we just look at something as ew, but really it's something that is so natural and it's, it's very painful and it's very, you know, it's something that's not very pleasant. And we're very strong, you know, because we, you know, we go through all these things and guess what? And then one day we, you know, get pregnant and we carry the child and we give birth. And these are all things that, you know, you can't do that without this. And girls need to understand that. And I think it's very empowering for a girl to understand what's happening in her own body. You know what I mean? Rather she's than in control. She's in control, exactly. And she understands I'm... You know, I'm menstruating today because, you know, my body needs to do this because in the future I might carry a child and that's just the the reality of things. Like, I can't control this, guys. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than making it like, oh, you, you've got your period. Like, it's not a, it's not a you know, a, a shameful thing. It's just, it's biology, guys. That's right. Do you, feel right. that it, do you feel that the stigma behind all this type of, you know, birds and the bees and, you know, all those things, is it because of our faith in our community or just that they, our parents were raised differently and that's how we were raised definitely and, and obviously yes. we're a bit more open-minded to that or definitely upbringing plays a big big part in it because i remember i give the example in the birds and bees um the, that that episode i gave the example of me approaching my mum in grade five and asking her hey mum what's period 
And she said, don't ever ask me that question ever again. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I asked, you know, because I thought it was something really rude. So basically because... then when you need to talk to her about it when the time comes, you you can't go to her because she said don't talk to well, her about it. Well, they expect you to know. They, they expect just expect you to know. You, to know. you just miraculously click your fingers yeah. and you're supposed to know everything. That's it. Now I know how all my – like, and mind you, no, you don't. You don't know anything. No, you don't. You just know how to survive it, but you don't actually understand why your body's doing what it's doing. And that and in it's turn so empowering is helping for them. It tonight. is, but that I think in turn also um, helps hurts your identity. You have an identity crisis because you know you go out in the real world to school, and everybody at school is telling you, "Oh, it's pretty normal." Everybody around you, your peers, know what's going on. You're you're probably the exactly. only you know the little yellow duckling sitting in there not knowing anything, but exactly. making it look like you do know something. And that's, that's because of I'm your saying. background, your community, because yes. you were going to the room with a you know with a horrible name. It is quite <laughs> difficult, isn't it? Because you do. It is. Just going, I know you said you went to schools that were just Islamic schools, but as you said, you want your kids to go to extracurricular activities. So you are doing stuff outside school. You're mingling with non-Muslims as well, which is important because we live in Australia. And then well, you're learning things from them that you have no idea about because your parents haven't said anything to you, right? Well, I was also going to say, times are so different now. You can't even get away with that approach now because no. kids are way... They're very different they're ahead of how you already, I was aren't when they? I was in grade five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like... You can't even get away with that now, you know. You need, you can't afford. That's the point of that episode. You literally cannot afford to act like, oh no, they, they don't know what's going on at twelve thirteen. So you can't afford to be like that. You need to have these conversations starting at eight, nine, ten, and mm. you know your child. Like I said, like you know your child, what they can handle, what they're curious about. If they're, you know, if they have a question, don't let them Google it. Let yeah. The, let the answer come from you. As we we're talking off air, it's all about being age appropriate, right? It is definitely, definitely, and I think that's a big that's a big thing that I struggle with when it comes to sex education being offered at school. Mm. I really struggle with that because I think not everyone's brain is the same. Mm. Not all the children yeah. in that classroom are ready to accept what that teacher is teaching them at, you know, eight, nine, ten. Some kids are not ready. They can actually be traumatized at that age because they just weren't ready for that information. They're just, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know your child. And, sure. you know, sometimes they come to you with questions and that's that's... In my opinion, I think that's too late. I think you should probably start subtly slipping things in before they have the questions. But if they do come with a question, it's also a good sign because it means they're comfortable enough to approach you. I like that. That's I, right. Yeah, I really like that. It's a very organic way of looking at things and letting nature yeah. take its, uh, mm. you know, do what it's do what nature does. And exactly. really, um, what you what you mentioned earlier, I believe it was off air. You said that you like to yeah. kind of slip in a few, you know, little comments or even um, a few yeah. little hints and just to kind of get your child used to the, the concept and yes. the idea of um, readying them, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, just to like little that. things. Exactly. Like um, I was telling um, Busha and Daria off air that, you know, Rim saw um, a man with um, hair under his arms. And I said, you know, you know that, you know, ladies have that too, you know, but we just get rid of it. But, you know, not everyone gets rid of it. And I just said it in a way that was so normal. But her jaw dropped. Like she was like, what do you mean? Mm. But the, How old the, is she? You know, she's eight. She's eight. Okay. Mm. Perfect yeah, time, so I think for an eight-year-old, I think that's actually really appropriate for that age because she, you know, their bodies actually, for girls, um, their bodies do start changing at eight. 
So it's That's quite nice young, to isn't kind it? Of, yeah, it's it so is, young when you think about it. It's when it the, those little changes start happening, and you can you can see them, and it's just so scary, but it's also beautiful at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's incredible. So, uh, so you started kind of slipping in those little comments, and did she? Yeah. Did you have you found that? When did you start? Sorry, what? When did you say you started? I would say just just recently. I think just when she turned eight, I would just kind of start. Just mentioning little things, but nothing too, you know, nothing too. Um, Over the what's top. the word? Dramatic. Yeah, because she's not ready yeah. to understand the, you know, the full picture. Has um, she been even, asking questions? Not really. Like I feel like when they have a question, they come to you, they ask, and then they, they if they if they're satisfied with the answer, they just kind of move on. Mm. So what Do I'm getting from I mean? this yeah. is basically to be be alert and be aware of your child and know when to when to say things to them and how much to say to them and obviously um as a parent or as as an auntie whoever if you're how close you are to your um to the child to you know to make them sort of aware of certain things when need to be and obviously and so that when the time comes they're not completely oblivious exactly what's happening look that's great to know and as i said like um that and lots of other things it's important to be able to know when to say those things because i'm pretty sure Bushra, you've probably come across even girls at your school or um that might not be 100 percent aware of certain things too no and that would be difficult as a teacher too because you're not sure if you should how much you should be that's right and every family is different and this is it's very important to be uh sensitive in that regard um so i'm a teacher zena and i mean what what year level so i teach year 11 year 11 and 12. wow Um, okay so this is really interesting yeah okay so do you feel like at that age they still don't have a grasp on what's happening to their bodies year 11 and year 12 could be about 16 17 so and again it's very cultural zena this is what we're talking about quite cultural no i know so you know people girls at 16 years old might know some things but not might not know everything or you know there are still families who feel that not sharing or not informing their children is better about, for them. Is better it's for protecting them. them. It's like ignorance is bliss kind of an approach, I guess. That's so no, no, no. That's yeah, not I, true. I'm, I'm more in, of the stance yeah. that you have taken. So yeah. I think it's very important to empower children with knowledge and give it, it them. It is. Yeah, a, give a girl. Sure. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say one thing before I forget. Like when um, going back to. Um, because Daria asked, you know, is it does it have to do with our, you know, our culture or our faith? Mm. I feel like it's very interesting how, you know, grow because obviously we speak from our own, you know, experiences because right. that shapes our, you know, our worldview. When I when I revisit that time in my life and I think, wow, like how I just remember how I felt going to that room and feeling like I don't belong in the mosque because I have this thing. Mm-hmm. It's so. Um, it actually makes me really sad because now I now I know you that it's actually. Yes, I can, and I also understand that it's actually a mercy from God. It's actually an honor from God. God doesn't want me to wake up and pray fajr like the rest of the world because He knows that my body's going through a lot at the moment, and He wants me to rest. You know, like it's just that shift in. Um, in the mentality. Yeah. yeah. Like instead of a girl thinking, oh, no, you're not good enough to go to the masjid. No, no, no, honey, 
You go rest. You need your rest. A it's friend, okay. Look after yourself. A friend of mine had said something similar to that when her son had said, Mum, why are you not praying? And she said that yeah. was the first time I had to go, oh, because cause he looked at his dad and said, Dad, and he said, oh, go ask your mum. <laughs> so she had to sit him <laughs> down. I love that. Why, why did he do that? Because why men don't talk about things like this. You know that. Um, and I'm like, she's like, I'm looking at him going, but he's anyway so she goes she actually said look i sat him down and i don't remember how old he was but she said he probably would have been actually i don't know i could be lying now but she said i had to sit him down and tell him that you know women some every month go through something and when they do god says to them that they don't have to pray and that's why not and then he you know i she said then he understood but um it was a nice way for her to, to tell him, but she, you know, I just always think, you know, why can you hit his dad door? But that that's another topic altogether, I guess. But, it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's, it's a nice way because kids, as you said, kids see you. They can, of course they, they see do. what you're doing and, you of know, and if you're supposed do. to tell them certain so things proven. and then all of a sudden you're not doing that, they're going to ask mum, well, why are you not doing that? Or that's dad, so why true. not? And then you, that's when, and that's an, that's, I suppose, that's when the door opens and that's a well, okay the girls, time to talk about it. the girls know. Exactly. The girls know that once a month, mum gets really sick and she needs a bit of chocolate and a bit of, you know, we need to give her extra TLC. <laughs> and it's okay. And it's, it literally, I just tell them, I have a medical condition, guys. I literally have a medical condition for the next week, okay? You've got to look after mummy. Oh, and it's fine. We get through it. And it's, you know, it's just so normal. That's a, Just normalizing it, I think, is really important because yeah. it is normal. You do, you, do you anticipate when they do get a little older... Do you do you mm-hmm. hope to bring have a you know a family session about the birds and the bees or is that something that no you're just gonna pull them aside and have that conversation Have you thought about that I know your daughter's still eight However, I haven't thought about that to be honest no? but I do think that look I feel like like anything you build on what you've learned like anything you learn in life you've got to build on what you've you know so once she starts understanding. Um, you know that her body is changing for example okay now this is the this is why your body's going to change it's to you know mm-hmm. allow for a baby to grow one day oh by the way this is how babies are made you know this is where babies come from and then you can go down that route you know what I mean but mm-hmm. I don't think it's wise to make it very um, you know like guys family meetings sit down yeah. so let's talk about it <laughs> I think that adds to the whole um, you know, it might even, I don't know, maybe long term it might make them think, oh, no, mum did that to us. You know, God knows, like, what the effect of that might be. I think just being casual and just being super normal about it um, yeah, would just so help. Uh, right? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I yeah. think I was in year two when I when older friends uh, in my local uh <laughs> where I lived so we had like friends that we'd hang out with after school and uh, you know um, over the weekends and these uh, bunch of friends who were significantly older told me certain oh, no. so I was yep the birds and the bees and no, I was petrified you in you too yes oh my god and I went home see I cried and I'm like Mom, yeah what is this? obviously is this I would have cried too <laughs> what do you mean your so brain is literally no, your your brain is not developed enough to. But when to you're hanging out with older people, you're all together. That's the that's I mean, that's going into you know being being raised yeah. in a community. That's what happens, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. You can't. That's unavoidable. Yeah. I think it but, is. Yeah. That's right. So then, and um, the internet, I think, is the biggest yes. example of that now because yep. you you don't even need older kids to come and hang out with your child. You can just 
you know, just don't supervise Paul them. Paul had an identity minutes. crisis there. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about identity crisis, um, you, how, how do you, let's talk about how we reconcile between our backgrounds and our cultures of being obviously Lebanese, am I going to say? Yeah, my yes. parents are Lebanese. Lebanese, right. Australian, and we're Turkish Australian. And how do you? So let's look. Let's try to decipher how that happens. How do you find it difficult to um, reconcile your background or your cultures together at all, Zena? Or have you come across people? Or is that something you want to? Obviously, said you're focusing on that this year on your on your yeah. Um, talks. Yeah. How, what made you want to talk more about that? I think I have a soft spot for not just young people. But mm-hmm. any any person who's going through a bit of an identity crisis, but specifically, I would say between the age of 17 and 19, mm-hmm. those two years were probably the hardest for me in terms of identity, just because I felt like I needed to define who am I, where do I fit in in this whole big place, Um, I had really big questions that, you know, I did mention that I went to an Islamic school, but Mm -hmm. I had really big questions that were um, haunting me and I hadn't received any, you know, um, answers that were like satisfying my curiosity. And it was getting to a point where it was getting dangerous and I, you know, I mean, I thank God that I did kind of, um, I guess he he sent the right people into my life Mm -hmm. and those people gave me the answers that I was craving so desperately but now I look back and I think and now I can talk about it because I feel like now it's so solid and I'm so confident in what it means to be a Muslim Australian you know with a Lebanese background and you know I I I know what that means to me now but if you ask that girl who was so super insecure and shy about everything you know to do with my background my faith everything mm-hmm. um yeah it was just such a i just look at that time and i think wow kids must still be going through that and it's it all comes back to just not being confident or not having enough um information yeah, you know that, you not you don't have the conviction ask. in what you believe in i was gonna ask um because I, I look back on my childhood and i don't I'd say what you're, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't think I had any of those issues. I knew who I was. I knew I had a Turkish background. Yes, when I was growing mm-hmm. up at school, um, I had a lot of people tease me because uh, I was Muslim and they were Christian, and I didn't celebrate Christmas, and they didn't seem to think, oh well, you don't, you know, wow. you don't, you don't understand Jesus. Then I'd be like, no, I do. He's a prophet. So those little things, I'd see the difference. I'd have struggle with that a little bit. But when yeah. it came to identity, I knew I was Turkish. I knew where my parents came from, but I knew I was born here, and. Yeah. Um, um, that that I didn't, but I do hear that a lot lately. I, we see that a lot now in our community, yeah. I guess. And I might be maybe one of the lucky ones because of being a first generation. Our parents came out here, so they were a lot more, I don't know. But I can see where that would come from. But you said something that I just want to touch on. You said it was getting to a point where it was dangerous. Can you elaborate what you meant by that? So, sorry, what was that? When, you, you, when you were say? talking about um, saying, you know, I didn't not, um, you're saying it was coming to a point where it's dangerous and thank God, yes. you know, I had, God gave me good people um, or, you yeah. know, I was directed towards um, good people to help me. Yes, when you said yes, dangerous, yes, yes. what were you referring to? I feel like I was just referring to, so in terms of not knowing who I, like now, my philosophy now is I don't want to know who I am. 
I don't care who I am. I know what I'm not. Mm. But back then, it was such an emphasis and so much pressure I was putting on myself mm -hmm. to define who is Zena. You know, what does Zena believe in? Where does Zena come from? Um, you know, and all these really big existential questions were like mm. really, really, really um, affecting me. Because you get to a point where if you don't believe in God, mm. you do, you may actually, not all, you know, not all people are the same. Some personalities just don't care. Some people just accept there's no God and that's okay. And, mm -hmm. you know, I respect that. That's just that person. But for my type of personality, I needed meaning. I was searching for meaning. And that's what I mean. It was getting dangerous because I felt like I couldn't find the answers. And it was really affecting my mental health. I really wanted those answers and I wasn't getting them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So do you have any suggestions or recommendations for the youth uh, out there today? Are there is there anything that you yeah, think that they should be do. doing more of? Yeah, we'd love to yes. hear your thoughts on it. I do. Let me tell you. So, mm -hmm. for me, growing up in you know a, a Muslim environment, and you know what, like that's so interesting, by the way, Daddy, what you said because growing up um, around uh, non-Muslim mm -hmm. um, kids. That would have brought its own set of challenges, oh, absolutely. which is so interesting, right? Because yeah. like we've all gone through it in some way, I in, guess. In, yeah, in some way, but very differently. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a challenge. Sure. It's still a challenge. Absolutely. It sure was. Right? And then you get to a point where you might feel a little bit ashamed, right? So I remember, for example, before I put the hijab on, I remember feeling like, you know, um, ambiguous. I remember thinking, no one knows I'm Muslim. Because I wasn't, um, my faith wasn't, you know, set in stone. It wasn't like I had all the answers and it wasn't a conviction in my heart. And when you grow up going to, you know, an Islamic school, I always say we learn the hows, but we don't learn the why. You learn how to pray, how to fast, how to read Quran, but why? Like, why are we here? Why, you know, how do we know that God exists? How do we, how do we answer these really big questions? And I think just like, you know, the birds and the bees conversation, these questions are very triggering for some people and some people would even say, you know, how dare you ask these questions? Yeah, that's right. But, but you know, a the lot of people is, actually, it's just, and it's you're, just that's it. you're not allowed to ask for doing, for asking yeah, those but, questions. You know, but the ironic thing is that the first philosopher was a Muslim, hmm. you know, it's, it's so ironic because we've moved so far away from that. Um, you know, like we, we believe in logic guys, like we can ask questions and we have answers. Um, but the thing is, so, so going back to the advice that I would give is probably do your own research. Don't always just, um, and even parents, you know, sending your kids to a Muslim school, that's Don't go with great. the status that's quo, the, right? Yeah. Like do, you know, teach your own children. Don't just d depend on the school. Don't just rely on the school to, you know, and if there are questions that you don't know how to answer, go and do research and answer their questions because, the last thing you want is your child getting to an age where you don't even understand their questions anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, well, once they don't they're come in to uni, you or I think once... mum doesn't know the answers, I'll go somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. And that somewhere and else it's... could be God knows where. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It can get very, you know, but, you know, yeah, it's just such a, yeah, I'm very you... passionate about yeah, it because I know so how am I too. It. We are as well. And if, if yeah. our, some of our listeners, the regular, would know how passionate we are about things like this, because I think mm -hmm. it's really important to em embrace 
um, where you come from and take ownership of what your faith is and where you where you are. But to obviously know these things, Definitely. but also to appreciate the fact that you know our family and forefathers and those that came out here sacrificed a lot for us to be here. So we are. I you know I found out I lived overseas for a while. I moved to Amsterdam for three years for a while. And oh, I remember, awesome. yeah, I'd always say to my friend, oh, no, nah, no, nah, when I was here, no, nah, I'm Turkish. No, nah, I'm not really Australian at all. You know, like, yeah, I've got a bit of attributes to being Australian, but I'm more Turkish, I'm more Turkish. I didn't realize that I was so Australian as well when I'd moved to Amsterdam. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm looking for, yeah. I'm, I could, that's when I, that's when the penny dropped. And I was like about 26, yeah. 25, 26 when the penny dropped. And I was like, wow. So I've since that. then embraced the fact that I've got a set of cultures and you know what the more culture you have the more you better and it's the better better you are as long as you don't you know assimilate those things and integrate them I think that's where you become a better you become a better person and who you are yes and you've got to but can you would you agree with this sentiment if I was to say you know um it's also up to our parents and family to teach us who we are like where where we you know what we are rather than saying well we're them like that that conversation of well that's them and that's us and have that yes. separate because i think that's where the stigma comes from too because you grow up with that don't you think so Bishra, that you think oh we're not like them well we're, of course we're Parenting not like them has but- changed and yeah this is the thing if we were to parent the way our parents parented us look i'm not saying no, one is wrong. right no, or one no, is wrong i'm just not. saying we have evolved and therefore because we have evolved our needs have changed and therefore as future parents we need to uh change the way we deliver i mean mm. yeah isn't do your delivery daddy abla different to what your mother's delivery oh, absolutely. was absolutely. yeah absolutely. and and yeah. you know the same with what i'm hearing from you um Zena. So naturally, we need to also evolve with the time. And definitely. Being See, okay. when it, yeah. Definitely. When it comes to like um, having, like, for example, I've only been to Lebanon two times in my entire life. And the last time was more than, you know, I don't even know, like more, definitely more than a decade ago. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. That's a long so time ago. <laughs> I, I couldn't live anywhere else in the world. I wouldn't, if you put me there, I'd be a fish out of water, even though, you know, it's funny because the blood in my veins is from that part of the world. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know how to be anything other than Australian. So do but you see yourself as being more Australian? So you see yourself as being more Australian than more Lebanese? See, but this is where it gets really tricky. It, it, yeah, right? exactly. No, no, no, it's not on the spot. It's just I never want to be like misunderstood. Mm. It's just so what I mean by Australian is my idea of Australian. Oh, absolutely. No, I know where you're coming from right? because we have the conversations here all the time. That's why yeah, I'm asking I'm, you. Yeah, I absolutely. I can't wait to catch up, by the way. But basically, I've, you, everyone has their own. It's so subjective, right? Mm. Like what I think is Australian it, or like, for example, you know, like on Australia, Australia Day itself is problematic to some Australians. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's, I think that just proves my point. Mm. Like, what, it, what does it mean to be an Australian? You know what I mean? For me, it means we grow up seeing, sitting next to, you know, sitting in a classroom next to people from all types of nationalities, all types of walks of life. We respect each other. We have beautiful annual, you know, um, sports events and we have beautiful festivals and we have clean water and we have just really bad weather, but it's okay. And, you know, like... That's these, Melbourne. Um, that's not Sydney. That's we have Melbourne. the weather. 
<laughs> but no, I really like the way me. you deciphered what Australian <laughs> is. You know, sitting in a classroom and being amongst um, people from all over yeah. the world, that's such a beautiful way to put it. I, I totally agree with you. You know, it's important to know where you are, who you who you are. That's what it comes down to, what you've just yeah. said. The crux of it is to have confidence in in where you come from and to take where ownership. You come from, yeah. Yep, and to take yeah. ownership from where you come from. And I yeah. always think that maybe the more people become more aware of who they are, as in the blood that runs through their veins, it's probably to go overseas more often, to be in touch with Definitely. your culture, to speak your language, to be around Definitely. people of your community as well. I think that. Do you know? Do you know what's really like horrible is mm-hmm. that people like who, who, my parents, for example, who come from a place because they only came to Australia because of you know the war mm-hmm. and. It's just been, it's just getting worse and worse. So with kids, for example, and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel it breaks my heart when I think about it. Like I've, I've, it's a beautiful place. Lebanon is a beautiful country. It's just so scary to me because I just feel like a, a foreigner. I feel like an outsider. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and another even, topic all in itself we can talk about. Isn't for, it oh, so absolutely. Um, you know, then, when you go there, you're a foreigner and you come here and you don't sort exactly. of fit in an identity. Look, it's it's been great having you on, Zena. Um, I can't believe it's already two minutes to six. Oh, my God. I just saw the time. <laughs> so many more questions I want to ask you. We might need to have you part two yes, maybe another time yes, to delve more into it, to talk about other things. But Let's look, guys, it. you've been listening to the Weed Podcast on Australia's Voice of Turkey. It is 5.58 on the 9th of March. Um, Before we quickly go, I'm going to ask you one quick question about International Women's Day. Who is an influential female for you? I would say, is it, is it, yeah, can I say my mum? Yeah. You can say whatever you oh, like, wow. your mum. I love, love it. it. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. What, well, I was, you know, there you go. I was going to say the prophet's daughter, for, you know, yeah. so there you go. Um, but look, <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening in. Um, what is her handle, Bushra, before we go? Z Talks, X-E-Ed Talks. Well, with the at at the front, obviously. Uh, that's on Instagram, guys. Um, we've also got her tagged in our latest post. Please um, go in and share the love and listen to into her podcast. She's such a great asset yeah, to the world. I think so too. Good luck with the rest of the podcast. Keep them coming. Let us know how you go. Keep following us as well. Um, thank you again for coming on, Zena. We really appreciate we'll it. Be in thank touch. you. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys, that's another episode down pat for us this week. Do make sure to tune in for the rest of the episodes throughout the week. Um, until next week, stay good to yourselves, be kind, and we'll see you again. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.